Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of 1 Samuel, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of you have ever made an assumption of someone or something? You see someone walking down the street in a store. You take a look at what they're wearing. You see that their clothes are dirty. They got some rips or some holes in them. Shoes with their laces undone or shoes that are starting to fall apart. Their purse or their bag is is pretty beaten up and you think, well, maybe they're poor. Maybe they're homeless. Something like that. And then as you continue on, you see someone who's walking with their shopping cart and, and you glance at what they have and then you glance at them and you think, should you really be eating all that garbage? Or you see someone else with a cart and multiple til- children who are touching and grabbing everything in sight in the aisles. And they're screaming and then the parents start yelling at them and you think, man, those parents just need to chill out. They're just kids. Let them do what they want. You know, just shove some candy in their mouth. You see someone in the same store, and they're in one of those motorized carts, and you're like, you don't really look like you need that. Maybe you should just get out of there, you lazy bones. Or you see someone in the parking lot, and... They park in the accessible parking spot, and you're like, I don't see what's wrong with you. I don't think you need to be parking there. What if somebody were to walk in today and sit down next to you with no shoes on, and they're filthy, and they have dirty clothes, and they actually smell like garbage? How would you feel? How would you react? And maybe it's not just about outward appearances. Maybe we look at how somebody does something and that they do it differently than we do, and so we think that they're wrong, and, well, we should correct them. Maybe we find out someone's political leanings, and we're like, how can you be a Christian and vote for that person? Maybe we see somebody who's always got a smile on their face and we think that they're the happiest person in the world, that they don't have any struggles, that they have all of their stuff together. Not to say that people don't, but if we think that people who smile aren't lonely and aren't hurting, are we always right? I'm not saying that we should just imagine that everyone who smiles is broken inside. Just that we need to care for them just as we would care for someone who looks like they're about to lose it all the time. When you think about some of these examples, especially the ones where we have a negative assumption of someone, what would happen if we put the best construction on things? If we gave that person the benefit of the doubt, what if our starting point for people was one of 
positivity? What if our starting point for people was that they are created by God? That they are his child, whether they have faith in God or not. And that as a child of God, they are to be loved like we are loved by God. That they are to be cared for like God cares for us. That they are to be forgiven like God forgives us. And that they deserve to know the saving work of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Just like we do. And believe it. How would that change things? How would that change us? And for those of us who have done it, how many have ever made an assumption of someone or something only to find out that we are completely wrong? That's the story of Hannah that we heard today. Here's this woman who is barren. She is not able to have children, and she is tormented by her husband's other wife because she can't have children. And so she is at the Lord's house, and she prays to the Lord, and she is weeping bitterly. But then there's this priest named Eli who sees that she's there, but because Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard, Eli thought that she was drunk. How wrong was he? Hannah then says that she's not drunk, but that she is deeply troubled and was just pouring out her soul to the Lord. Now, who knows if Eli actually believed her or not, but this is what he says in response. Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Even if he didn't believe her, he gives her God's blessing. And one thing that we can learn from this story that we don't learn from Hannah is that those who serve the Lord, priests like Eli, pastors like me, we're not perfect. We get it wrong sometimes. We make assumptions, false assumptions. We sin. We don't always live out God's callings on our lives. And as his called and ordained servants, as his perfect workers, you can imagine us like clay jars. God is the potter, we are the clay. He forms us into these vessels. But because we're not perfect, we chip, we crack, we break. And so when God pours into us, we can't hold it all in, or it all just comes flowing right out. And sometimes, as pastors live imperfectly, we get things so wrong that we end up with this giant mess all over the floor. Sometimes pastors make a mess of things. The good news is, God uses even cracked pots. And God continues to pour into us. And through repentance and forgiveness, God fixes us, puts us back together, reshapes us, so that it is him working through us by faith, and that we can serve his people as he has called us to serve, 
and that we can do it faithfully to the best of our abilities as God blesses us. Again, I will never be perfect on this earth, but by the grace of God, I can serve him. I can serve his people all of my days, even though I'm going to mess up along the way. And when it happens, I ask for his forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness. And what God does then is he, he pours into me, pours his forgiveness, his blessings, his benefits. And then he picks me up so that I can pour into others. So God uses me, God uses pastors as instruments, as vessels to give his blessings, his benefits to his people. These are his means of grace that he's given to his church, his word and his sacraments. Now let's go back to Hannah, who this story really focuses on. So originally, she's barren. Her womb is closed up. But we're not given the explanation as to why her womb was closed up. And sometimes that's the same for our lives as well. The things that we go through, the struggles, the trials, the attacks, we don't always understand the why. And because we don't understand the why, we're left with what do we do? Hannah doesn't understand the why, but what does she do? She takes it to God. She prays to him. She's weeping bitterly. And so this is obviously the strong desire of her heart. And she prays, and as she prays, she makes this vow. She says, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Vows are promises, and, and vows are binding. We saw this with Jephthah in the book of Judges, if you remember, though that was a really bad vow. So Hannah makes this vow, this promise, and as it turns out, Hannah and her husband worship the Lord, and then the Lord remembers her, and she conceives. And she names him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. And then Hannah keeps her vow. She brings Samuel to that same priest who thought she was drunk, Eli. And she says that she was the woman who was next to him praying to the Lord. It would have been interesting to see what the look on his face was when she revealed that to him. Because then she tells him, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life will be given over to the Lord. What we see in the story of Hannah is that God continues to bring life and healing out of situations that seem desperate and hopeless from our human perspective. Have you ever felt like God doesn't listen to you? Have you ever felt like your prayers go unanswered and you're not really sure why? And how often... Do we pray to God as a last resort? When everything else we've tried hasn't worked, 
I mean, I guess I can try out God. Or have you ever felt that we pray selfishly, asking God for the things that we want and not necessarily the things that we need? Do you ever pray not according to God's will? Our prayers are not perfect because we are not perfect. And sometimes we make vows to God. And how often do we fulfill those vows when we make them? God, if you do this one thing for me, I promise I will come to church every Sunday. And if you answer this prayer, God, I will leave all of my vices behind. I'll quit the drinking. I'll quit the gambling. I'll quit the smoking. God, I'll just stop all of it. Just please do this one thing for me. And then God answers us, and we don't keep our promises to him. We sin. It's because we're sinners. And what we deserve for our sins is to not have God answer us. It's to not have God even listen to us. Because we are not worthy before him. In fact, we deserve nothing but punishment from him because of our sin. God's word tells us that the wages of sin is death. What we deserve isn't just to have God close his ears off to us. It's to, to have God close heaven off to us. It's for God to open the doors to hell for us. Because that's what we all deserve. Yes, we deserve physical punishment, physical death on this earth for our sins. And we also deserve eternal punishment, eternal death, hell, being forever separated from God and his love. That's what we deserve. But there's more good news. The New Testament reading from Hebrews said this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus came to earth for us, sharing our humanity, going through every temptation that we go through, struggling like we struggled, but overcame it all, so that he, as the sinless, perfect son of God, could lay down his life for us. So that by his death on the cross, he would be able to defeat the one who holds the power of death, the devil. That he would be able to defeat our sin. That he would be able to defeat death itself and close the doors of hell for all who believe in him. And this happened through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Hebrews goes on to say, For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus, as that great high priest, now intercedes on our behalf. He speaks before us. He cares for us, and he wants to build us up in him. He wants to build us up in him as the foundation of our faith. He is the solid rock on which we stand. And that's what we talked about this past week at our kids camp build. 
We build our lives up on his word. We build our lives up on him, on Jesus. We build our lives up in prayer. And we build our lives up in God's sacraments. Hannah, she saw the blessings in her life, the blessing of a son as belonging to the Lord. Everything that we have is God's. As the creator, he is the owner of all things. That means that even our children belong to him. Have you ever thought of your children as not your own, but as a blessing, as a gift from God? Just like we think, like to think of all of the other things that God blesses us with. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that we're going to take all of our children and give them back to God, although some days we might want to. But our children are offerings to God. It certainly does mean, though, that we treat our children as the gifts that they are, as the blessings that they are from God. And we can make sure that in treating them as our own, and really treating them not as our own, but as God's, that we won't just turn them over to the church to be God's as to do with what he pleases like Samuel, but that what we will do with them as God's children is to bring them to his house, to bring them to church, to raise them up in the faith. After all, when children are brought to the waters of baptism here, and there's a lot of those children who are here today and a lot of you parents who are here today, you as parents or you as godparents, you have come before these waters. You have come before the Lord. And when you do, you make a promise. You make a vow, and this is what you've said, that you will provide for their growth in the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Ensure that they are instructed in the way of the Lord. Join the church in teaching the Holy Scriptures, the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, that you'll lift them up in prayer, nurture and help them grow in the Christian faith, encourage them toward faithful reception of the Lord's Supper, and help them to live out their life of faith until Jesus comes again. These are promises that you as parents and godparents have made here at this font. And you as parents and godparents can only do this with the help of the Lord who fills you as parents, as godparents, these vessels with his blessings so that you can be a blessing to these children, your children, his children. And God, he fills these children, his children, with his blessings, forgiveness, life, salvation in the waters of baptism. We are all vessels created by God, shaped, molded by him, and by his grace, through faith, which he has gifted to us by the Holy Spirit, we become what, what he has called us to be, his children, forgiven and redeemed, who live our lives for him, just like Jesus lived his lives, his life for us. And this is only possible through God pouring his word, his forgiveness, 
his sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, into us for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. These are God's means of grace for you, for me, for all people. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.